It was my mom. She said, yeah, but I think last time you, uh, you were on Innocence podcast, you talked about uh, in order for, you know, uh, UBI and all these things to happen, there must be a really, really big change. Yes. And then I didn't like expect someone to go and <laughs> there, there are, you know, there are these memes like someone ate a rat and now I'm unemployed. Hey, my name is Innocent Mugenga and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. An exploration of how society interacts with technology and you. In these COVID-19 quarantine days, we have launched a concept called A Pod A Day, where we aim to release a pod a day, a podcast a day. And that's work days, so that's five podcasts a week. We'll be talking to different people, reflecting on certain questions or concepts, and trying to stay in touch with you. So for that, we would like to get more of your questions in to the podcast. Visit learnability.online and you'll simply find where you can contribute with your questions or thoughts. Please do. Now, on to the episode. Welcome, Pontus. Thank Welcome you. back, I should Thank say. You. Thank you, sir. It's good to have you back on the podcast. And a lot has changed, would you say, since last time we spoke? Yes, I would say most things have changed, especially, uh, I mean, both both uh, in terms of the macro situation, but also in terms of our both uh, life situations, I would uh, guess. Let's start with the macro. How are you handling the times we're in right now? Um, currently, I am handling it I would say I'm I'm struggling a bit with like my routines and stuff, uh, but I'm 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 doing what I can to kind of be present with the team, uh, with the current like startup that we are building, and to ensure that I that I stay on track. Uh, but I think we're all kind of like you know it's completely different lifestyle now. Uh, so I I'm, I I would lie if I say that I'm like. Uh, business as usual, but I, I think that I'm managing. I think that I'm in a way more favorable position than many other people right now. So I, I'm still grateful that I have my health and uh, that I can do what I want to do right now. And I, I guess you, you're having the right energy. You're having maximum energy going into this period with this main change and switch and the drive behind you now being a startup. Uh, so the last episode we did together was called the start of something big. We were brainstorming around different ideas. You had just registered a domain for a startup idea. Exactly. And I know you've been working on that and of course a lot of different stuff. But now as of, is it three months ago, you joined the Antler program. That is correct. Yeah. So uh, three months ago, I, I started uh, the Antler program. And for those that don't know what Antler is, it's a venture capital fund that has a startup accelerator where they um, attract people that has mainly worked for a few years and has some kind of like experience from industry and um, allow them to start companies in a more, I would say, secure kind of situation. So you get to uh, work together with the uh, we're, we were 90 people in our cohort for from 20 different nationalities, um, with various backgrounds. So, yeah. Uh, so that uh, started three months ago, yeah. 
So what they do is they pick out 90 individuals per cohort, about 90. They put you all together in a room. And what happens next? Yeah, so uh, the first days are very, very like uh, confusing. So it basically starts with every person gets to present themselves for uh, three minutes on a stage. So that means that in the two first days, you listen to 93 minute presentations. <laughs> so, um, so that's like a, a start. You, you feel a bit uh, hammered in your head after that. But um, then it kind of starts with like uh, external speakers coming in, talking about various subjects. We do a lot of workshops, a lot of uh, teamwork sessions, because Antler's like main point is that they believe that Ideas are found in multiple. However, like excellent team is is uh, harder to kind of put together. So it's oh, important yeah. for them to kind of to arrange teams that that uh, that have high success of succeeding in in this uncertain world. And as I got it, the whole process of finding a team was. I don't know if you could call it organic. Like it's an organic process mm-hmm. where you're left to. Uh, you're maybe given some tools. As I get it. And then you're left to arrange the best teams around great ideas. Yeah, exactly. So we get, of course, a lot of advice on how successful teams normally are like put together. However, I, I definitely um, would second that point in that it's fairly organic. So, I mean, we are all people and, and we need to kind of uh, you know, we need to vibe, <laughs> you need yeah. to feel like, okay, so we kind of have energies that, that match. Uh, and some people you, you have that with, and some people you don't, but then it's of course very important that you have in some way, shape or form, um, uh, skills or capabilities that are complementary. Uh, so that, um, because it's, you know, these birds of a feather flock together, it's easy to kind of, you know, you find the, <laughs> the other people in the same age with the same gender in the same kind of like, um, podcast uh, <laughs> rss feed um, <laughs> but, um, same perspective yeah so it's the same people basically so but yeah. I, I think that i've found a, a team now that that we definitely have complementary skill sets and uh, come from de- different backgrounds different nationalities different genders and, and uh, so i think it's a it's a really cool setup i've always been excited about following your journey and now i'm extra excited as you're the CEO and co-founder of a very interesting startup, could you tell us a little bit about your team that you finally uh, ended up with <laughs> and the idea you're working on? So I was the fortunate of working with two uh, brilliant people. Uh, one uh, Swedish girl, she's called Henrietta Fromholtz. Uh, she has a background working a lot of digital marketing. Um, she has her own career as an influencer. And um, she's worked with many of the largest brands out there, such as Absolute and Spotify and Rap on uh, PR, social media and, and branding. And then we have a Brazilian guy, uh, it's called Gus. He's a super funny dude with uh, 15 years product experience. Um, so he's a CTO of the company. He's worked a lot with marketplaces, uh, also built three companies before and, and done uh, smaller exits. And now we're excited to do a big one uh, for us all. Right. Uh, and, um, and our idea is basically uh, based on the insight that the attention economy has caused a massive power shift in the retail industry. What that means is basically that um, 
in order for companies and brands to 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 capitalize, you must win the battle of our eyes and you must win uh, our trust. Um, and one very effective way of doing that during the last years has been uh, through influence marketing and, and uh, kind of um, word of mouth kind of marketing. And that is done on scale now with, with these influencers then. So um, influencers have a lot of uh, commercial effects, especially on retail uh, companies and brands. So basically they drive a lot of purchasing decisions, um, to say, uh, out uh, front. So our platform is uh, that we allow for the world's most influential people to curate and sell products directly from their own shop. Uh, so it's handpicked then by, by people that consumers trust. And then it's drop shipped by uh, really cool brands. And we started a few weeks ago and we have gotten a lot of traction already. A uh, lot of brands that are signing up, uh, a lot of profiles that are signing up as well. And we are uh, excited to, to hopefully launch uh, either before summer or after summer. Um, yeah, so it's super exciting. We will do a test now and see uh, whether we could validate this further on before we actually start to like build, um, build something uh, more complex. So just to explain it further, let's say I'm an influencer. Yeah. I have X amount of followers on uh, Instagram. And instead of doing like uh, collaborations or paid partnerships with different brands, I would then be able to set up my own shop quite simply and highlight pieces that I, I actually love on my shop. And my followers would then be able to visit my shop, get inspiration from someone that they're already following and maybe inspired by and be able to buy it directly. And the products are then sent from the brand. Yes. And the influencer, me in this case, gets a kickback sort of of that sale. Yeah. So you get the commission. Exactly. Um, so, and I, I would, I would like to clarify that it's not instead of doing like other campaigns, um, or it, it could be, of course, but necessarily it doesn't need to be that. It's, it's a, I would say it's a rather a second uh, revenue stream for, for these profiles. Um, but what they are seeing and ex- experiencing is that as, I mean, social media is social by design. Um, and if you are too commercial, you might end up losing your trust. So that would be, you know, when you do certain campaigns, uh, perhaps there is a risk that you have a short-term positive, such as a you know, financial reward, but you might have a long-term negative in, in terms of your, your personal brand value. So we see that uh, there's definitely room for a platform that is more, um, that is a social commerce platform. And that is something that has been very big in, in Asia However, it's not really boomed in in, uh, in Europe yet. Um, so we we uh, we are very excited about bringing it up here. Really exciting. And what challenges have you faced so far, and what challenges do you expect to face forward? Um, I would say, that, yeah, um, great question. I would say um, <laughs> we we. We kind of did like a really quick and dirty test um, where we didn't really have all the <laughs> agreements and contracts in place, perhaps, before we started selling products. 
so that was uh, a bit like you know uh, we we try to try to validate it super super fast. So there we had a little setback, but that was just a fun uh, side story. I think I can expand on that uh, when we <laughs> move forward. However, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think um, I think a problem that we're facing is. Um, I mean, we're very early. We've gotten a lot of positive traction. What we need to validate so far is, of course, is this how, w- would people actually like to consume this way? Mm. Um, and that to be able to do that, we need to have some kind of a platform. We know for a fact that, that uh, storefronts are very successful for larger players. We know for a fact that affiliate companies, meaning basically that these people um, arrange products set a link to it and then if someone clicks that and follow like eight steps in the in the conversion funnel uh, they buy products and then they get the kickback um so so we know that people buy out of recommendations we also know that um uh, like brands such as glossier uh, american uh, beauty brand has built a lot of their revenue based on allowing for smaller influencers to have their own storefronts where they sell uh, glossier product. So we, we kind of want to expand that. Um, so, so those, those are kind of like the, the validation kind of points that we're, that we're working on and working with right now. But, but when it comes to, to problems, um, I think we haven't really had any major setbacks, but, but from the concept perspective, I would say that is the, like, how can we ensure retention and how can we ensure uh, a full uh, user journey that is uh, better or at least as good as existing uh, e-commerce solutions? And, and also when we speak to a lot of media houses, we know that uh, many of them are working on uh, dropshipping solutions. Yes. And also smaller brands are working a lot of dropshipping. So, so we know that that is kind of... That is a way of, uh, that is a method that is already like growing uh, fast. I mean, it's basically an online commission retail agreement. Uh, so it's nothing new, it's just online. Um, so we kind of want to do that on scale. And on the other hand, we have, um, so that's like the profiles side, I would say. And then on the other hand, we have um, direct-to-consumer brands that, his, that during the last years has grown uh, super fast. So um just on Shopify, you have 1 million stores. Um, a million? Uh, yeah, you have 1 million stores on just Shopify. So um, there are two sides that have uh, different problems that we really think that we can solve. And also we know that consumers, one of the main reasons why, why uh, when, when you go out and poll consumers why they don't make a transaction when they're online is basically that they say they can't decide and something that you and I have spoken a lot about in our personal sphere is this analysis paralysis so basically yes. if you have too many options it's hard to decide they're of our name curate because we really believe that there's place for a platform where you have a more curated uh, selection of products so it's more of a bu- boutique kind of experience uh, is oh yeah our point driven by profiles that are best or great at doing specifically that. Yeah, giving exactly. them a, a powerful tool to do what they're already good at. Exactly. So uh, it's very important for us that we work with, with people and profiles, at least now in the beginning, that, that are high, high trust. So um, it's definitely like you're saying, they're great at what they're doing. Uh, they are appreciated by their community. And uh, 
and they also have some kind of commercial respect. Is it right that you've been doing this for three months? Is that number right? Uh, I think that's too high. Now it's 28th of March. Uh, I would say we've probably done it for like one and a half months. One and <laughs> I, a half months. I mean, I, we, we, started, uh, we started Antler in the end of January. And then we oh, had yeah. a lot of weeks uh, doing the Antler things. So like the Curate company building, that's probably been around for one and a half months. So it's going very quickly, um, which is fun. And we're making a lot of progress. Definitely. And what I wanted to say <laughs> is it sounds like you've been doing this for years, like yeah. your whole, whole life. <laughs> you're yeah. into the market, you're in understanding the problem, understanding the needs, understanding the users. It's really great to hear. And I want to get into more about your learning during this experience. Yeah. Because it's, the reason you're on this podcast for the second time, besides being a good friend, is that you're really a great example of a curious learner. So please share how you, how you've entered this new venture in your life. Yeah. Um, no, so I think, I think one part in, in learning is to kind of observe and another is to do. And, um, the observation point, I like to kind of break down into like insights and one insight that I had from the most like (laughs) trivial kind of behavior was, uh, online shopping. And there the insight was that, okay, I mean, the reason why I want to wear this kind of clothes or shop this uh, furniture, whatever it is, is because these certain people inspire me to do so. So why shouldn't they be the ones that, that gets the, like gets the, the actual reward for, for reaping my, or uh, gaining my attention? Oh yeah. So they're doing the job. Yeah. So exactly. They're basically doing the job that, that primarily uh, before was done by, you know, procurement on a retail company and, and, um, uh, visual merchandisers. Like there are many like parts in the value chain that they kind of replace. Um, yes. Um, and is, is that because it, they fit better in the digital sphere? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, I think by design, consumer packaged goods and marketplaces are built for mass market. But internet is not a place for mass market. Internet is curated for each and every individual. So when you open your phone and you go to Facebook, you have a completely different look than I have. When you open your Google search and search for something, you have a different result. When you open, like everything you do on internet is, is based on you, but your shopping mm. experience is not. So... Um, that's one of the insights. And, um, when it comes to learning, I think mainly what I've learned so far are about, uh, from the entire antler journey is that we're all kind of individuals. So you meet like super successful people, uh, immense like experience, but, um, so, so it, it kind of gives you, it gives me a push to say like, you're also a person, you know, oh, yeah. a human being. You also have the capabilities uh, that are similar to these people. Um, so it's about fucking, <laughs> or I shouldn't say that. <laughs> actually, like, you, you know, like we often talk about like actually like putting uh, the wheels to the ground um, mm. and then uh, burn out. Um, <laughs> so I think um, that's, that's one insight. That I, had. I mean, I've had that insight for many years now, but it gets clearer and clearer for, for the more people you meet. Then of yes. course, um, 
there are have been more like practical learnings. I think one thing um, that I've learned is that uh, there are people that are able to build things that you might think are way too complicated. You know, you might think this will take uh, two months of getting this up and tested or three months. But um, if you find the right like technical people, you are able to build stuff over like two weekends. So I think that's, I think it's something you overcomplicate uh, things. I think you, you, especially if you are more of a, like a, I think some people are more tactical than I am while I'm Mm -hmm. perhaps more strategic. And then I think it's, you're even more inclined on doing these like over complications. So that's something that I've learned. It's just like, just, you can just build something and then you can, then you can iterate on it. That sounds like the perfect mindset for being an entrepreneur and, and running a startup. And I know you've had it, but it's, it's quite the contrast maybe to what you were doing before as a business management consultant, would you say? Yes, exactly. So I think, I mean, it's, um, it's by design that you, I mean, many of those, many of those, um, kind of projects are also, uh, change now um, because they see that with the uncertain world you can't have like two fixed uh, descriptions or, or, uh, so I think historically those kind of projects has been more like you should deliver this you should deliver this you should deliver this by then um, and perhaps not always been super uh, <laughs> connected to the like actual user value like the actual end end consumer and i think one reason for that is that um, in large corporations there are so many parameters that they're like almost as complex as running a country and um so like everyone needs to kind of be responsible for their thing and that that sometimes removes like the, the the connection to the end user i believe um, so, but that's, uh, it's really interesting to, um, to, to have that background as well. I think you learn a lot, you learn a lot about like how you present, how you meet a lot of different people, how you, how you handle expectations, how you, I, I mean, there are many, there are many parameters that I believe are very valuable when you then go out to start your own company, but you kind of have to remove some of that, like <laughs> align books mentality. Oh Yeah. So looking forward, what are you excited about within the near future? And then what are you excited about in the more distant future? Let's say three years. Yeah. So in the near future, I am super excited about what is uh, like the progress that we're making. And in a few weeks we will pitch for Antler and, and, uh, I, I'm, I, I believe that uh, they think that this is a, a good investment decision. So I believe yeah. that they hopefully will will make an investment in our company. And that I'm super excited about uh, being able to continue building this uh, together with them. Um, otherwise, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about getting this up and running. In yes. the short term, I'm also, you know, I'm also kind of excited about like smaller things. This entire like Corona situation, as it's happened also during the winter, it kind of forced everyone to stay inside. So I'm just also excited about like spring coming, being able to sit outside, 
enjoying the sun, uh, like, yeah, the small things, the kind of like normal things in, in these yes, the in non-normal uh, times. Oh, yes. Uh, and in the long term, I am excited about, um, like right now I am very, like my, my mind is very focused on this curate. So I'm, I'm very excited about growing this, um, uh, finding like a sustainable, uh, business and then being able to scale it, uh, first in Europe and then globally. I really have, I really f- think that we've found a very scalable kind of method of doing what we're doing. Um, so I'm super excited about like, uh, like accelerating moving forward. But with that being said, uh, and with the current kind of situation, uh, we will see how consumption, uh, is changing, but I really believe that there will be, there is room for a lot of innovation in, in commerce, no matter what uh, kind of, um, macroeconomic environment you're operating. Definitely. And I think, um, if there is a drastic change, it will probably be for the digital going towards the digital uh, consumption. And I'm also very excited. I know, uh, we at levels have some sort of partnership. I don't know if you would call it with antlers. So I know you'll be pitching, uh, to levels in a later stage. Yeah. And I, I hope it's something we can get involved with. It would be really fun working with you on that. And, uh, and I can say, I, I believe a lot in it, this idea coming from having worked with retail, like physical retail, e-commerce, communication, uh, influencer marketing. I see how you're combining this and I, I've seen the market moving towards this. So if you can really, uh, the way you've set it up, if you can really add that value to the both users on both sides, as you're planning to, I, I see great potential in your idea. Mm. That's really nice. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I believe, I believe that, um, I, I mean, I believe that online shopping will just kind of be set now in stone. So this is kind of how you consume. I mean, if, especially if this becomes like a prolonged situation, if we're talking a year or, uh, like eight months, um, yeah. then I think we might see like a similar setup, you know, how, uh, you, you don't go to the bank to pay your bills and you don't go to a music store to buy, to buy music. Um, mm. then of course, I mean, if you were in physical goods and physical products, you want to experience them, you want to feel them and so on. So there will be, of course, be uh, purposes, but I think that they will be different. And this is not something that this is not an insight that I'm unique with, but I just think that it will be accelerated by the, by the current, uh, situation. Yes, there's a lot of things that are being accelerated that uh, we both, I know, have been looking at certain trends and uh, we've been maybe looking with a 10 year uh, view of it or five years or whatever. But now it feels like, oh, damn, we can (laughs) arrived. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, I think, um, I think there are lots of studies on that, but in crisis times, decisions are like, extreme decisions. I read a text now of, um, Kahneman, the one that wrote, wrote this, uh, thinking fast and slow. Oh, yeah. Um, Daniel Kahneman. Yeah, Daniel Kahneman. So he wrote like, a, I think it was in financial times. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He, he wrote a text that basically said that 
um, in crisis situations and you take, you take big decisions such as America now, uh, okay, they're going to print two, what was it? Two billion, two trillion. Two billion. Billion, I believe. Is it? No, trillion? it must be more. Yeah, it must be trillion. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. trillion dollars. It's like a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's never happened before. It's just a super big decision that is done, you know, in a matter of a week. Yes. Um, which would otherwise, I mean, we've had, uh, you have Andrew Yang that has run for president that has spoken about, you know, uh, UBI and yes, kind of I wanted to get now it's, yeah, now it's like in one week, they just say, yep, boom, every American should get, uh, get this much money from the government. Yes. Um, and it was fun. We spoke about that in our last conversation, UBI specifically. Yeah. And I, I've been planning to do a follow up on that, <laughs> uh, speaking about UBI, Andrew Yang and the current situation. Yeah. No, I, and, but I, I, there is another reference to that or a story that I thought about that was also that um, uh, I read in the news now that they are having discussions or there was researchers, someone had suggested at least that uh, that uh, you should be able to buy beer and wine from restaurants for takeaway here in Sweden, which once again, like if that was two months ago, they would say, no, that's the craziest decision. You know, we have monopolies and we can never do that. But it's, it's really like it's, and, and what I would like to accentuate with that, I also don't believe that you would be able to pull back those decisions. So that was kind of Kahneman's take on that is that if you take like these decisions now, they will have effects in the long term. Oh, yes. Um, so we, of course, need to act, but we also need to be mindful about uh, the future implications of our current decisions. That's a great insight. And I wrote something similar or something related to that on my social media the other day. If I remember it correctly, I ended a post with uh, some things will never be the same. Let's work towards it or let's assure it's for the better. Mm, yeah, I like that. Um, no, it's definitely like that. I. I think, I mean, I think it's pretty clear now that we will go into a really, really rough recession. Um, and that, uh, and that, that we will not be able to, to kind of keep the, the employment rates up no matter how much the government does. I mean, it's so clear how connected the economy is. Things that you take for yes. granted, you know, you go and take, yes. uh, buy something in 7-Eleven but you don't really think, you don't think anything. You don't think about the salaries or the, you know, how much does it cost to be in this location or, uh, what's your mortgage or how many kids do you like? You don't think you just do, but when people stop doing, it has so immense effects. And I really believe like you were saying this, that, um, that we, we, we get something positive out of this. Um, yeah because it's so evidential how connected we all are uh, now. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's, 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 I think the most frustrating thing and kind of something that makes me more calm is that it's not really anyone's fault, this. No. Uh, so it's like, you know, you can blame all the different people, but basically, I mean, we are all in a really, really bad situation. And it's, this, it's a system sort of, uh failing yeah it's kind of like the pressure yeah exactly like it's the it's the things that we kind of favored 
six months ago. Globalization, yeah. you can travel anywhere, you can do whatever you want. Yes. Like the, the downside of that we are seeing right now. Um, Is this, yes. But I, I mean, it will, of course, hopefully only be a short-term uh, effect on, on those trends. But but it's like, it's hard, even if you're, I think, even if you're an entrepreneur, you can have like, you can think uh, different, you can think about what the government should do. And I mean, they could help and they can make bad decisions and good decisions. But once again, they take decisions very quick. Uh, so there will be a lot of bad ones and some good ones. Um, mm. But once again, like it's not, I, I, I don't go to restaurants because I don't want to, it doesn't have anything to do with the government right now. It's that I don't want to get sick. I don't want to cough in an old person's face and kill them. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. and that's not anyone's fault. So I, I think it's like, that's a really kind of, yeah, it, it, but it makes me kind of calm. It, it makes me get a perce- perspective also on like humanity to some extent. Oh, yes. We're yes. just, we're just also a creature. I mean, this virus is a creature. Yes. <laughs> that I hope we can kill uh, in some way, shape or form. But we're also a creature on this like yeah. ball in space. <laughs> That's um, so well put. And I think I'll be making an episode on, on ec- ecosystems and speaking about like the ecosystem in large, globally, uh, local ecosystems, going into networks, our personal networks, our neural networks, like from macro to micro. Mm, that's really, really cool. Uh, um, I'll see how that idea plays out. Yeah, my, a good friend of mine, he showed, he sent me a link to one of those videos where he said, like, this gives you perception. It was basically about that. Like, so they zoomed out like in a, in like a really long time span, you know, we're talking millions of years and it's, it's just so clear, like we're just, this is just a parenthesis. <laughs> yes. uh, but with that being said, I mean, uh, I, everything that we do and all the feelings that we feel are real and we should like uh, live in it. But yes. with this like entire Corona situation, it kind of like, it kind of makes me realize that we've, we've had a fun run this last like 70 years. Yeah. Uh, but historically, humanity hasn't been so well off. <laughs> so yes. Some people are expecting like a V-shaped kind of situation. So it goes down and then it goes up back again. I really hope they're right. But there are a part, there is a part of me that's, that kind of thinks, okay, but I mean, if you look really long term, we haven't had it this way. We haven't been able to travel everywhere. We haven't been able to, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but we've gotten used to it. Yeah, we've gotten used to it and we kind of took it for granted. But I think that we will appreciate those things more moving forward. My hope is related to something that Heaven Barricade spoke about in this episode. She was speaking about us becoming fat and happy. Yeah. And we've also spoken about that, us not being, uh, I think we spoke about it on our last episode as well. Like we being too comfortable to make uh, good decisions, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. So a hope could be that this actually drives us into like creative, innovative, entrepreneurial solutions to different problems. And it sort of sharpens us. Uh, so I would really like to encourage entrepreneurship in these times, even though solo entrepreneurs and freelancers are having the hardest time, mm. but encourage that and encourage like government, their role could be supporting that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I, I agree with that. I, I mean, 
I of course have full respect that not everyone has the the like possibility to go out and, and start and do whatever they want. But I really believe that as we see like shifts that hasn't really been happening anytime, any like never, um, there, there will be new kind of power dynamics. So we will see big companies fall. We will see small companies perhaps grow. We will see, you know, new kinds of, um, organizations, perhaps not even companies. It might be, you know, new ways of uh, handling stuff. I really believe yeah, that uh, it, it, of yeah. people collaborating. Yeah. I really believe that, uh, I mean, it was my mom. She said, yeah, but I think last time you, uh, you were on Innocence podcast, you talked about, uh, in order for, you know, uh, UBI and all these things to happen, there must be a really, really big change. Yes. And then I didn't like expect someone to go and <laughs> there, there are, you know, there are these memes, like someone ate a rat and now I'm unemployed. Yeah. So I kind of, did, I didn't expect that. Uh, that was no one. Was of, uh, UBI. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Well, I guess that's a half positive note to end this uh, <laughs> podcast on. Yeah. No, I, Is there I, anything I, you'd like to send us out with? Yeah, I, I really think small things are important now. And especially when it comes to uh, elderly, like the technology, so like the smallest detail, uh, like calling your elderly ones with a, uh, on Facebook with camera on. Like it yeah. makes them the most, it makes them happy. And it's important, uh, those small things now, especially if you are in quarantine and you are in one of the risk groups and you can't like, you can't go out basically. And so that would be definitely something that I think I would, uh, say, uh, go and call your loved ones. Um, and, uh, other than that, if you know any, like from a personal note, if you know of any uh, cool brands that you think would be interested in our solution, yes, go to. I will uh, plug that as they say in American. Please podcast. do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to uh, curate.co and uh, read more about what we do. And how do you spell curate? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. <laughs> so it's, it's spelled C O U R A T E. So it's a mixture between like couture and curate. Um, so C-O-U-R-A-T. Um, but uh, other than that, I, and also I, I applaud all kind of things that, uh, um, like all these positive messages that you are spreading innocent. And I really appreciate that. And I'm happy that we are friends. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll keep sending brands your way and following your journey and, and uh, supporting in whatever way I can. Definitely. Um, I'll, uh, yeah, we'll talk outside of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Let's stay, stay safe and stay curious. I will. You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast and we hope you're safe wherever you are in the world. As mentioned, please get in touch with any questions or thoughts you can actually send me an email directly at innocent at learnability.online or visit learnability.online and you'll find the details there. Until next time, stay curious.